Hi, and welcome to The Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at The Strad. Ahead of an upcoming performance with the London Philharmonic Orchestra, violinist Christian Tetzlaff spoke to me about performing Bartok's Violin Concerto No. 2. When did he first encounter it? What are his favourite moments? How does he get through the monumental work in one piece? Have a listen to Christian. Christian, welcome. <laughs> so, we'll jump right in. Let's talk about Bartok, in particular Bartok Violin Concerto Number 2, which you'll be performing with the London Philharmonic Orchestra later in the month. So tell me, first of all, when did you first encounter the work and when did you first perform the work? I learned piece when I was in America for a year. I studied in Cincinnati when I was 19. I learned it there from my teacher, Walter Levin. And I still remember how I used to work with my teacher before. I never had a violin part. I only had the conductor score. So I put the fingerings in the conductor score, which means yeah, you have to, to play it. You have to turn the page every 20 seconds because it's the, the, the big score with all the voices. And I played it first in Cincinnati just with a piano in a student concert. But then the year after, I played it with the Hamburg Philharmonica in, in Hamburg as the first time with big orchestra. It is a, a huge concert, concerto, so when the memorizing of it is um, quite difficult, but it is also hugely rewarding. His violin writing is amazing. It surprises me. It's Brahms and Bartok who are the two people who must have loved the violin so much that they gave it their best in both in chamber music and in concerto. And it's so idiomatic and it lies so well in the hand, which is amazing for a piano player. It just speaks of a deep understanding of the soul of the violin and of the violinist that it is totally rewarding to play. It is difficult, mm -hmm. but it is not crazy difficult and it's not difficult because he doesn't know what to do. It's difficult because he wants amazing moments and, and strong expression. So that's totally okay. In the solo sonata, the crazy difficulty is so strong that it was for me decades an obstacle to play freely. But here, this is really violin music. The word that you mentioned, idiomatic, is quite key. The fact that, yes, it is difficult, but it fits well under the hands, you know, fits like a glove. Yeah, I think there is two basic streams of violin playing. One is instigated in Italy with uh, people like Vivaldi and Locatelli. And yes, it's very lively, but it's at the same time contained. And that has morphs over maybe to the Mozart violin concerti and this uh, kind of music. And then there is a different stream that is the Hungarian violinist stream that coexisted at that time, which is something also Haydn makes use of in, in pieces, which is uh, more of, now if I knew the politically correct word, I could say, but traveling musicians who would uh, go up from, from Hungary up to Spain and create a very different style of music and of violin playing. And this is what is the bigger tradition in the part of violin concerto, but which you hear also in many pieces by Brahms. And that's the fun part of violin playing. It's gritty and proud 
and wailing and a very human kind of expression. That's one thing I was going to bring up was the sort of unique musical language of Bartok, which I think perhaps some musicians might struggle with if they haven't had much exposure to it before. But as you mentioned, you came across this piece for the first time when you were 19 and you were studying. Did it pose much of a challenge for you? Or did you find that it was quite natural for you to jump into that particular stream of playing? Well, this is still a violin concerto. So by nature, it is much clearer or much more public and open than the string quartets, for instance, of which I had played two before I played the violin concerto. And also the second violin sonata is way more complicated and out there in a modern way than the violin concerto, which makes a beautiful bridge between uh, being absolute music of great consequence and interesting composition and at the same time a violin concerto where you really let go as a violinist. So it's quite accessible. I think most colleagues would agree that the music is not a book with seven seals, so to say. But it is, at the same time, it's a beautiful challenge with the orchestra. The last movement of the Bato Concerto is one of the most difficult things to pull off with gusto. It is an exact copy of the first movement, which is wonderful in itself because many people don't even notice, but it's measure by measure a copy of the first movement in crazy. So what is proud and strong in the first movement in the last moment is quirky and bizarre often and one has to play it in the tempo he gives and that turns it into a roller coaster ride a wonderful challenge but hilarious and fantastic so that is one of the peculiarities composition wise and then his first idea to write this piece was to write a set of variations which didn't please uh, the violin player who he wrote it for because he wanted a traditional concerto. But Bartok didn't give up on the idea. So the slow movement is a variation movement of utter beauty, tender and caressing, mesmerizing. And the last movement is a variation of the first movement. So this idea of variation Bartok kept and still he wrote the traditional three movement concerto. I find that with Bartok, who for me is just the most amazing, complete composer of the last century, there is, I play all his pieces and I play them often, string quartets, sonatas, violin concerto, contrast. There is always an element of, I don't know what it is and I don't know why, which I find more easy, let's say, with, with Alban Berg. One knows more about the story behind the pieces and the direct emotional context. For me with Bartok, there's always an element of mystery, which I love. I don't know why this slow movement works. The variations are completely different from each other. They go into wild, technical, fanciful things. The orchestration is unbelievable and contrasting so much. And still, when the movement finishes, you think this is the only way it could have been. Of course, it's nicer to work with mystery if you play a piece for 40 years to say, I love it and I'm trying to grasp why it affects me so much. Then knowing, oh, this is because there somebody died or this is I wrote because of that. 
which is helpful often, but I love the challenge of many of Bartok's work in this way. Yeah, always finding something new. Yes, and I feel the person behind it. I feel the glowing energy. Not so often does he go into places where Berg or early Schoenberg or Janacek and so can go into this um, warm outbursts of, of humanity. But he puts them sometimes also in the violin concerto and then he writes con calore, with warmth or espressivo. But a bigger emotion behind it is a sometimes controlled fury or some white glowing heat. Very interesting states which are only sometimes released into simple humanity. You've spoken a lot about the musical journey of the concerto and the emotional journey it takes you. You know, you've mentioned like beauty, but also this kind of fury, but also variations and then hilarity at the end. Tell me a little bit about your strategies for getting through that, because it's a big performance. Do you have any strategies for maintaining your stamina when playing a work of this stature? I'm not good at that. I think I jump in with all I have and try to get out at the other end with still something (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> functioning yeah very difficult to to make a plan it really depends on the state you get into playing which in the last <laughs> 10 years maybe is uh, quite often is elevated state of some kind of trance where you you feel different your vibrato sounds different your body is in a different state and then actually the physical exercise of it is not not a theme anymore and it's yeah interesting. A, a big theme of this piece is also playing loud against a huge orchestra, and that also works much better in a different state. Then it doesn't work with putting simply more muscle and pressure, but sending it out. I have to say, like with almost everything I'm doing nowadays, it does feel better when you're 57 than when you're 27. These right. these things get easier. Probably also because when you're young, the idea of how do I play this and how am I appreciated and what does the orchestra think of me and all these things which are, besides the music, don't exist anymore in that sense. External factors. External factors. So you you are there and you often with that piece, once the first page is so utterly unbelievable as a violin player. And once you have done this and play the high B octave, you are like uh, with a heartbeat of 200 and adrenaline, (laughs) only a little blood left in your adrenaline. And that can set you off beautifully for a long piece. Just a heightened state of being a heightened state. I know you've mentioned many positive things about playing the work, but you know, what is one thing that you're most looking forward to when performing this work? Any particular moments? I would say because the slow moment starts so simple, like a, a folk tune uh, and with a little reminiscence of Mala, Adagetto, orchestration, strings and harp. And then you go through variations which at, at times are ugly and um, you can't grasp what is all this about. And then he comes back to the beginning, even much more beautiful in sweetness and elevating it to the sky. And that is a fantastic moment because what you've been going through before. And then I 
most of the times play the orchestra ending where he finally says, okay, you played enough. Now let's hear some real music. And then he lets the orchestra go like mad with three trombones in huge glissandi and everybody playing triple fortissimo. And I just love this conclusion. And I, I stand there swaying on stage because it's so moving and in a wild three meter. So whenever I play the orchestra ending, that's one of the great moments. It is surprising how the immediate reaction of the audience still depends on that, whether you in the last measure, whether you throw your bow in the air and you are playing yourself. But as a musical solution, his first version, which was the orchestra version, I think is even more convincing. A wonderful thing to look forward to. What a wonderful feeling to be right in the middle of it all as well, surrounded by all that glorious sound. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on Bartok Violin Concerto, number two, I should say. <laughs> and um, all the best for the performance. Thank you so much. That was Christian Tetzlaff. And right now you're listening to his recording with the Finnish Radio Symphony under the baton of Hanu Lintu. Christian will be performing the Bartok on the 30th of September with the London Philharmonic Orchestra. And don't forget to check out thestrad.com where you'll find the latest news, articles and reviews on all things to do with string playing. If you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. There's 50% off an online subscription for students and if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for 7 days, start reading right away with no strings attached. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review or rating, it will help people discover this podcast. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye.